0: What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the Pop Culture Podcast. Tyson Popplestone here. Before we get into it, I thought I'd let you know if you're here in Melbourne, got a show coming up next week at uh, the Notting Hill Hotel with the great man, local comedian. I mean, he's he's born local, but he's he's gone bigger than that. He's been on Conan. He's a Fox radio host here in Melbourne. <laughs> I'm trying to think of any other cool selling points for him. I mean, he's a funny man. His name is Nick Cody. If you haven't seen him, come and check him out. I'm doing 10 minutes to, to open up for him. There's a couple of us there. Mimi Shaheen, Tommy Seagate the great man Nick Cody. It's going to be a whole heap of fun. So I think the tickets, are, well, I know for a fact, tickets are 30 bucks. If you want to come down, come and do it. I've linked that in the description below. I've pressed record and I've got a glimpse of my hair. And, and, and I think sometimes from the time I walk from my bathroom to the time I get to where I record these episodes. Something happens because I was happy with what I saw when I looked in the mirror before I left my bathroom, and then I got here to you guys, ready to go, freshly shaven, hair brushed, face moisturized, and um, you know it's it's not as appealing, I don't think, as, as what sometimes you make it out to be. But that's okay. We're gonna you're probably just listening this to anyway, uh, listening to this anyway. I think the truth is that that most of you listen. I don't think that's the truth. I I know that's the truth. Come and jump on YouTube. I'm posting them consistently there now. I mean, the technology side of things is is a big area of improvement. I think when it comes to this kind of stuff, it'd be it'd be nice to have a team that does the editing because like whatever could be done to edit out this gap in the top right hand side of my hair would be of great value to me. But now I'm overthinking it, and so it doesn't matter. I hope you're doing well. I uh, it's interesting speaking. Like while we're at it, a little bit of vanity to kickstart the the podcast. I'm 36. I've always had relatively loose skin. I remember in primary school, I could stretch out like my neck skin and and like under my chin skin really. far. look, can you see? Like that's relatively elastic. I mean, it still it still spits back to towards the 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 skull pretty quickly. But it's, it's slowing down ever so much. And, and I've caught myself a couple of times. Just My wife's getting angry at me. I mean, I've got the camera at a good angle now. But there's a little double chin that sneaks out from time to time that I've caught more than I would like. I'm getting nervous. You know those, you, you see some some older people, and they might be lovely people, but the skin's just hanging on by a bare thread. Like there's, there's one thread that's holding the skin to their face. Uh, I'm nervous. I'm nervous that, that that's where my face is going. So if you've got any skin tips, I'm really open to him. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I I went like this the other day. I lifted my eyebrows in surprise, and my my son said to me, he "Goes, Dad, what's on your head?" And um, I didn't know what he was talking about at the time. I looked in the mirror and I said, "Hey, are you talking about this?" And he goes, "Yeah." I said, "That's oh, that's just a wrinkly forehead." <laughs> he said, "Yeah, don't do that if you don't if you don't mind. Like I don't like it when you do that." I said, "Buddy, I don't." I don't like it either. I'm at that point now where I'm not seriously going to get botox, I'm not thinking about it, but I think if I was if I was one step closer towards vanity on the spectrum of vanity, I mean, botox would probably be a wise decision. You've got to be careful though, cuz it does eliminate so much of your facial expression, doesn't it? It's always funny here in Australia all around the world now. It's so normal. I think I think it's one of those things you don't you don't speak about openly that you do, but I think a lot of people do it. And you don't notice it until they've taken it a step too far because have you noticed like you're, you're relatively comfortable with something or you, you work up to something. So it might be Botox. You go, right. right, I'm going to go get some Botox. It's big. It's exciting. You go, i just get a little bit. And then you get a little bit of Botox and a couple of weeks later you go, you know what, like that little bit was good. Surely a little bit more is better. I reckon a whole heap of that happens. And then before you know it, <clears throat> uh, someone comes out in the preseason football talking about the games but they can't move their forehead anymore they can't express surprise <laughs> when they laugh the only thing that moves is inside the of their mouth it's uh it's not a good look and i think it's an easy it's an easy thing to get sucked down into so i'm doing my best to uh to avoid getting sucked deep down into that dark world of of botox if you've got botox i'm not having a go at you i'm just saying i, I think some people it's hard when it's uh when it's like a 60-year-old guy and you saw them last season and their their face is weathered, it's worn, but they've started speaking about how passionate they are about uh, igniting their radio career or their television career and they come out and they can't move any part of their face, you go, okay, he's he's overstepped the mark a little bit there. I'm not saying the name Dermot Bruton, but uh, if you're thinking that, I mean, I see where you're coming from. Uh, he's a tough man as well. You, I think the thing with... Um, with Botox, is no one's um, no one's completely safe from it. You can talk a big game, and then all of a sudden, you can't move your eyes. You go, "Ah, oh, okay, it got him. It got him good." So, I'm not 100 percent sure what I'm going to do there. I've been doing some face exercises. I've been watching Alpha Man. He says to like push you. So, if you because there's not really any ab exercises or ab exercise equivalents that I knew about, but if you, if you push your chin up like this and like, puck your lips a little bit, you can feel a tension going on under. I was doing it the other day and my wife was laughing at me. She goes, Babe, like, honestly, it's just absolute vanity that she stood next to me putting her makeup on. She goes, I can't believe it's it's no physical benefit apart from looking better. It does nothing. She kept putting on her eyeshadow and stuff. And I mean, she didn't see the irony because she was making a really good point. But uh, it, I don't know. She posted something. She posted something on Instagram this morning. I'm trying to look, not to look at it too personally. She's talking about how marriage makes you holy because it's such a hard thing. She says the the purpose of marriage isn't isn't just to be happy and just for things to go smoothly. You're going to be challenged. You're going to hate it at times, but you're going to come out the other side stronger. And I had to pull her aside and go, "Hey, are we are we okay? What's going on?" She said, "No, it's." I like it. I like a challenge. I said, sweetie, I, I like I admire that in you. But the thing that's um, concerning me is, is that I am that challenge, considering I'm thoroughly enjoying our marriage. She goes, no, it's not that. It's just sometimes. I go, okay, well, how about we get a coffee later today and we talk about Areas that I can improve, so life's not such a challenge. <laughs> because even though I don't, I genuinely believe her as well. Like, I've known her for a long time. I know Jessie, she's a she's a straight-up person. She'll tell you if she's got something to say. But I said, babe, for everyone who doesn't know you, everyone who doesn't know about the fact that you're a straight-up person, they're going to see this as a, a subtle hint to me that I need to lift my game, that I need to, she goes, no, they people don't see it like that. I go, they do. Everyone will. She goes, no, you're, you're I, I give her a hard time. I reckon I'm not sure. I reckon maybe a little bit of a little bit of Asperger's. And I say that with nothing but love. And I say that to her face. Don't think that I'm saying this behind her back. Because I there's a good chance she'll tune into this and and hear me say Asperger's. She goes, Yeah, yeah at least it's a diagnosis. Arsehole is just like a state of mind, and, and that's what you have. But I said, Well, okay, fair point. So maybe marriage counselling is something that we should should look at. Um <laughs> it's wild having kids as well i'm sure like you parents out there would know uh i used to always get told hey don't add kids to your marriage to make things smoother and that's never made more sense than, than what it does now i think it's just the um jesse said it best the other day she goes uh, i've I've decided to uh, just treat having our kids like a mental challenge <laughs> and i was i totally understood what she meant because like, you can get woken up at 4 a.m for a couple of nights and you go, you know what, it's not too bad. But but when it happens consistently for, for a year, you go, okay, we're going to have to change the way we see this. We're going to have to change our approach because Charlie boy used to be a good sleeper, but now he's he's scared of the dark, he's scared of the wind, he's scared of thunder, he's scared of lightning. And I know it is scary when you're a kid. But as a result, because all of those things, or at least one of those things is guaranteed nearly every night, I mean, the dark is guaranteed because we usually turn the lights off before we go to bed because one of those things is guaranteed every night we'll do that. And he'll wake up during the night and just be like, ah! <laughs> I'm so scared. And it feels so serious when you're a little kid, doesn't it? I remember being a little kid. I remember being, in fact, I think close family will realize I was, I was 15, 16 before I completely eliminated my fear of the dark. Wouldn't say it's completely gone. Like sometimes when Jesse's out and I'm home by myself, I go, you know what, i doesn't matter if I just don't turn the kitchen light off, send a little bit of light down to the bedroom. I wouldn't mind seeing what's coming. To be honest, honestly, it's um I think it's karma. I was a nightmare. I because my my boy was having one of those days the other day where he was just on an absolute mission. Now I got to tell you, I love Charlie Boy. He's a, he's the, he's a little legend, but he's a little energy ball, and there's just no stopping. It it just does not stop, and I love that about him. But at the moment, uh, when you just want to sit down and have a coffee. And he's saying, come and jump on the trampoline with me. And you go, yeah, I can't because I spilled my coffee. And it just happens nonstop. You go, okay, well, I mean, I wouldn't mind a little bit of peace and quiet. But my mum was down here the other night. I go, hey, be honest. Was was I like this when I was a kid? She goes, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so it appears as though it's just karma. But that's, well, I mean, you'd be more disappointed, surely, if your kid just sat there and said nothing. I'm pretty sure. I think I would be. I like a little bit of personality. My kid's start to get a little bit of personality as well. Some of the things that he says, you go, he dresses up as Batman. We put him in timeout when he's naughty, but when he's dressed up as Batman and does something naughty, I go, mate, come here. You go on a timeout. He goes, no, nah, Batman Batman doesn't go to timeout. You go, well, I'm going to have to Google that because I'm not 100% sure if that's true and I don't want to break the rules, but I reckon, I don't think it is. I think, I think you're a kid dressed up as Batman, so I don't think that I can let that just be a reason to let you do whatever you want. But we're learning, we're we're learning a lot. I I feel like it. One of the things that it shows you is how limited your time is during the day. You've got to try and choose your time wisely. And I'm 100% an Instagram addict. I reckon uh, I I deleted Instagram this morning. To be to be honest, I delete Instagram a lot of mornings, and. By, by about 3 p.m. it's reinstalled because I'm like, no, I wonder, what, I wonder what is going on. Like surely there's a couple of funny reels. I reckon that's where I relate most to, to people with addiction because they go, no, you don't really understand addiction until you're in it. And then I go, well, why is it that I want to see a new reel? Even though that I know Instagram's got my suggested videos and suggested feeds down to a fine art, I, I know that when I put that down, I'm not going to be like, I'm so glad I just had a quick look at my suggested feeds i I remember having this conversation back in 2014, saying to a bloke at my church, okay, "I go, you had deleted Instagram, but I've reinstalled it." He goes, "When did you delete it?" I go, "Honestly, hour and a half ago." <laughs> so, I, the challenge is, I reckon I need to have a social media team. I reckon a social media team would be good because this is the thing—they've got me a little bit, haven't they? That's what they want. You always hear about the psychology or the psychologist and, and, and the whole mindset behind the way that social media apps are structured like TikTok. It's just, it's constant dopamine hit, dopamine hit, dopamine hit. And if it's not, it's it's just move on. I heard a bloke the other day talk about his nephew was scrolling through TikTok with two <laughs> two separate phones. That's a high level of, um, I mean, it's coordination at its least. Or at, at the very least is what I'm trying to say. It takes a, co- a lot of coordination to flick through TikTok on, on two phones and actually pay attention to, to what it is you're watching, I'm not on there yet. I've heard too many. I've heard too many smart people uh, talk about the security risks with it, and I'm at that age now where I've started to take those things more seriously. I'm at that age now where ExpressVPN ads are coming my way quite regularly. Because when you're 17 or 18, you don't really care about ExpressVPN because you don't really care who sees what you look at online. But then, uh, <clears throat> I mean, I don't. Th- I don't think there's anything. I feel like you're dancing around the subject of porn here, aren't you? But I don't watch it. I stopped watching it. Years, I stopped watching it in 2008 because I, I started going to church. And I was like, I'm pretty, it feels weird watching this and and then going to sing, sing songs about God. And I was also starting to flirt a little bit with Jesse at the time. And I thought, ah. Oh, I knew being a church girl, she wasn't. She wasn't going to be a huge fan of that. It's it is. It's a funny thing, isn't it? It's funny how normal it is. Like it's a monstrous industry, but but no one ever talks about it. I never sit down with a mate and go, like, "What have you be, been watching anything interesting lately?" It's something that people keep to themselves. Usually, I, I remember the last one that that people were pretty open about the fact they were watching was Two Girls, One Cup, and I wish no one. That's the one that you wish no one spoke about. <clears throat> when was that that was like 2007 maybe I remember a friend showed me and I thought oh like at least with artificial intelligence these days you'd be able to put that down as as like a deep fake as something that it didn't really happen someone's just got some awesome uh, editing skills and they've put that one together but but back then you knew that if you were watching it it happened and I think that's what made me most most sick about it even watching people's reactions to that video. Remember, they went really viral. They went real viral and you're just watching people react to these. I wish I didn't go down this direction, to be honest. I'm feeling sick just thinking about it. But, um, yeah, 36, you start to think about that stuff more. You start to think, okay, why do they want to know what I'm looking at? Oh, it's because they want to advertise to me. What are they going to ever? I don't reckon advertising works on me. I don't think so. I can't think of one thing I've bought just because someone advertised it to me. Maybe, maybe that just shows that I'm an absolute like sucker, and and they've got me hook, line, and sinker. And I just I'm not aware of the fact that I mean I bought a pair of Saucony shoes a few months ago, and I don't think Saucony's ever. I don't even know if they've got an advertising budget yet. I see I see Nike advertised all the time. I haven't bought Nike for. For a long time, I don't know what that is. How do you know? I'd love to take a test to know whether advertising's got you. You'd it'd have to get you a little bit because the amount that you're exposed to, there's some crazy number, isn't there? I don't have my phone, but there's some crazy number of. Uh, like, let me let me check this while I talk to you. How many ads? How many ads are people shown daily? I don't know how you measure this. Okay, in the 70s, I don't know how, how true this is. Lunio, in the 70s, the average person saw between 500 to 1,600 ads per day. But in 2021, it's estimated that the average person encounters between 6,000 and 10,000 ads every single day. Give me one sec. I'm just gonna plug my, um, my charger in. This is, this is why I need a team because you can do these things discreetly when you, um, when you have a team. But when it's just you trying to figure it out, like I have to look at this. If you're watching on YouTube now, this is disgusting. There we go. We're back on. Uh, between 6,000 and 10,000 ads every day. This is largely due to the growth of online and digital ads through platforms such as Google and Facebook. See, that's the thing, but like if you're getting shown, that's probably why advertisements aren't as effective anymore, don't you think? Like if you're getting shown between six and ten thousand ads every single day, that seems like a lot. Like I, I don't I don't actually know, like say I, I don't really understand that. I don't reckon I get shown that many. Maybe it's because I'm not their target audience anymore. Yeah, ExpressVPN is the one that stands out. To be honest, I reckon they're about to get me. I reckon ExpressVPN are about to get me. They're, they're advertised on every podcast that I like, and uh, everything they say makes sense. It's just it's a pure laziness factor that I haven't signed up for them, them yet. This would be a good ad for ExpressVPN, I just realized. <laughs> don't you think? <laughs> no ads work on me except for ExpressVPN. Keep your browsing history safe. I don't know. What else what else would a 36-year-old guy be be targeted to? I reckon honestly, like surely I'll start to see a couple of Botox ads after the rant that I've just been on. I've got my phone in my room. I'm reading the book Brave New World at the moment. Do you remember that one? Well, I'm trying to I'm trying to make more of an effort to to read classic books. I'm sitting down, I'm I'm not using I cancelled Audible for a little while, for a little while. Cause I I like every moment of my days is filled with information. And it gets a little bit too much. I feel like I have so much information going into my head that the information that's already in there doesn't get the time just to like just to sit back and like sink in and make sense and like me actually think about it. I try and get little pockets of my day now where there's not so much information. Going out for a run. Driving in my car that's not true. I still listened to podcasts last night. I was listening to um I was listening to Theo Vaughn and Tucker Carlson. Did you guys hear that? That was Tucker Carlson's the king. He is so funny, man. It's interesting. Like I know, I know people who hate Fox News won't like that comment because he used to work for them. But he got fired, don't forget. All right. But I think he I think he I'm not 100 percent sure what that was about. But he's just such a funny dude. He's talking about he used to be a big Cokehead, apparently. And I, I can't believe I didn't see it. Because you watch him and he, he seems relatively straight laced, I think. Like he's speaking about Christianity. He speaks about Jesus and why he should have lots of kids and how he's clean and how he works hard. And you forget that people like that have a history. You forget they have a history and they, they they used to do some wild shit. But it's so funny just seeing him on a podcast like Theo's because everything that Theo does I love as well. I feel like Theo's the kind of guy that could sit down with a person I, I really don't like. But by the time Theo's done with him, there'll be, a, there'll be a few things. There'll be a few things that you you realize you'd misunderstood about the other person. Like you come in, you go, I'm not 100% sure about the KKK. You leave, you go, you know what? (laughs) He had a a good, he didn't have a good point. That's a silly one. Anyway, so I'm reading Brave New World. uh, I'm a sucker for op shops. I went into the op shop the other day. I can't read as fast as, I, I think I'm a little bit of a collector when it comes to books is what I've realized. I reckon I like books for the same reason that people like records. I like looking at the covers. I like holding it. I was speaking to comedian Sam Talent when he was in Melbourne. He just pulled out a, a book from his back pocket. And I was like, do you like, because we were talking about physical books. I go, do you read physical books or Audible? And he, he just pulled out a physical book. He goes, I like the feel of it. I go, well, I like the way you explained it. So if that's good enough for you, it's good enough for me. But my, my love for books, like for, for what they look like, what they feel like, it doesn't match the pace that I can read. And so, I mean, it's one of those things that naturally, even if you spend all day, every day, even on Blinkist, you're never going to get through all the information and actually absorb it from all the books, are you? You, you have to choose. Um, you have to choose carefully. You, surely, with the amount of books that are being printed these days, though, like there's a lot of shit out there. That's why I've decided just to go back to the classics. I'm like, all right, if you've if you've been around for fifty years and people still say you're worth reading, I'm gonna I'm gonna start there. Which I mean, I'm disappointed. it Took me to the age of thirty six to realize that's a very good idea. But this is stuff that I'm I'm putting together to to teach my little man teach little Charlie boy. He's got a lot to learn. I walked out to the car the other day. He likes to play in the car. He was standing in the back seat. He goes, dad, watch this. I go, what are you doing? He goes, just watch. And he, he was trying to show me how he could do a wee from standing on the back seat all the way to the dashboard at the front of the car. And I was watching it. And it was one of those moments where you go, he's doing a wee. In the, like, because so many things got you like, that's actually a lot of power. That's a meter and a half wee. He's only three years old. There wouldn't be many three-and-a-half-year-olds that have that kind of power or confidence or ability to aim. He can't get it in the toilet bowl, but he was directing this perfectly. So I was standing there going, this is unbelievable, Charlie. And then the other part of my brain goes, Toss, he's pissing in your car. But, But Jessie didn't hear that conversation. She didn't realize what was going on in my brain. She just came out. She goes, Charlie, what are you doing, babe? What are you doing? He's pissing in the car. I go, I know. I just, I just realized, but in Fender's like he didn't even dribble. It just, it came straight out and shot straight onto the dashboard. And she goes, directly? And I go, directly, babe, as if she was impressed. She goes, so there's nothing on the seat. I was like, oh, okay, I see we're coming. I, I was impressed about the the accuracy and the distance. You were just making sure the car was clean. And, and that's why I think I've got no problem with same-sex relationships, but there's definitely something that a woman brings to a relationship that a man doesn't. And so if I was a gay man and my husband came out, I honestly reckon the problem with that situation would be, we'd both be going, you know, that's a that's a good wee buddy. We'd high five him, take him in, get some ice cream and, and celebrate the day. But but with a woman, like with that feminine touch, she comes in and she goes, hey, is there we wee on the seat? No, it's clean. All right, we'll clean up the dashboard. I can take him and go, buddy, you're not supposed to wee in the car. But honestly, for what it's worth, if we're taking away the positives, there was a couple there good confidence, good direction, good power. I'm proud. Don't tell mum I said it. <clears throat> and um, I guess what I'm trying to say is I've, I've still got a lot to learn about, a lot to learn about parenting. You start catching yourself saying like, back in my day. <laughs> it's funny how the things that you used to laugh at your own parents about, you start to, to do. But the things that you're talking about, the back in my day things are different, aren't they? Back in my, I remember my part, oh, back in my day, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have television. But what do we have? It's like back in my day, it was the spectrum of sexualities was just LGBT. That was it. <laughs> there was nothing else. There was no plus. There was no two. It was just LGBT. Back in the good old days, just when it was just the LG, LGBT. We didn't even have Q back then. No one gave a shit about the Qs. Oh, man. Yeah. That's. That's a silly one. That's what comedy is though. Assuming you laugh, we can call that comedy. I'm dealing with a, uh, a nasty sunburn at the moment. I'm going through a phase. I don't, I, I'm not into sunscreen. I reckon that's not going to surprise anyone. I'm, I mean, the fact that Pete Evans is, was on this podcast, I mean, that's probably not going to surprise anyone that I've said something like that. Especially how passionate I was about the vaccines a few years ago. Honestly, the only thing I'm missing is, is like a, um, a slack line. I heard Ben Knight talk about uh, people slacklining in the park, so it's easy to realise who the unvaccinated people are. <laughs> that made me laugh. Um, didn't Banana Boat actually I, – I, I don't know that much about this, but Banana Boat, the sunscreen brand, actually got shown to have carcinogens in it. Let me just see this. Banana Boat sunscreen. Carcinogen. In July 2022, Edgewell Personal Care Company announced the voluntary recall of three batches of Banana Boat Hair and Scalp Sunscreen Spray, 30, because the it was tainted with benzene, a carcinogen. Okay, so it sounds as though it might have might have just been a batch of them, because you wouldn't be able to just keep. Well, is it aspartame? Aspartame, it's like an artificial sweetener in in chewy, like extra. I used to smash Chewy. Then I found out the other day that aspartame is, is like a potential carcinogen. I I honestly, like that's a cancer-causing chemical from, from what I understand, or a potential cancer-causing chemical. The thing is, like you're never going to completely avoid, like I've got uh, amalgam fillings in my mouth at the moment. That can't be good for you. I'm going to get those taken out. But you can't, you can't bubble wrap yourself so much that you're completely free from danger. Like the nature of life is, hey, you're going to die. Which is like a, a good attitude just to help you relax. But I guess the truth is you want to be healthy for as long as you can, don't you? But anyway, uh, the sun cops a bad rap. I reckon the sun cops a bad rap. Surely, like no one talks about the health benefits of the sun anymore. It's just all, oh, don't go out in the sun. You're probably going to get skin cancer. It's like, wait, what? Really? <laughs> <laughs> and there's different um there's a book by this guy called andreas maritz i've only read the outline a couple of dot points but um essentially andreas maritz speaks about the fact that that not big pharma but like big sunscreen is a really big funder of this idea that the sun is dangerous it sounds very conspiracy doesn't it when you say stuff like that maybe it is but I mean, after what we've seen the last couple of years, nothing, nothing really surprises me anymore. So it wouldn't surprise me if, if the sun is actually incredibly healthy for you. Maybe it's just that balance factor. Like running is good for you as long as it's not all you do. So I guess if you're just not sitting in the sun all day every day, there's going to be good. But like, what a great way to get vitamin D! I never come in from the sun and be like, "Oh, I wish I didn't do that," unless I'm absolutely red raw, which honestly, probably, probably a little. A little closer to that than than what I should be. That doesn't actually, you know, what it's turned into a nice tan, and that's the problem because it just looks glorious. <clears throat> you, you just got to you got to get a little bit of sun, don't you? But not too much. You got to try and find that balance. We were down at the the beach here the other day, and and Charlie, Ollie were playing in puddles. They were running around. You go, this is this is the best. Like even, I don't want to jinx it. I was going to say even if you do get a little skin cancer from it. Maybe it's worth it, but I, I take that back because um, I don't want to test fate. You know what I mean? I don't want to. I don't want to challenge whoever's setting the rules out there. And, uh, but I'm just saying, I feel good. I feel good when I tan. I feel good when I when I get out in the sunshine. I feel better doing that than just sitting inside. That's definitely true. Anyway, getting back into some some training now. Doing some running, just four times a week, thirty to forty minutes. Training program at the moment: four runs, couple of yoga sessions, three strength sessions. I, I, I'm so into Pilates at the moment. Pilates is is my new discovery. I hate it when I do it. Like I find it a little bit boring, to be honest. And I'm always amazed at how weak certain parts of my bodies are. My body, certain parts of my body is. But gee, you feel good post that. I feel like I'm walking around with great posture. You never see a Pilates instructor with bad posture. And that's enough of a sales point for me. I go, you know what? Look at her. And it is always a her. I don't really like doing yoga and Pilates with guys. I don't know what that is. I like doing I like doing yoga and Pilates with girl instructors. We've got um, Pilates with, I've forgotten her name. Aussie chick though. Yoga with Cassandra, yoga with Adrian, they're the best. Oh, tell me, is this funny? Um, this is a joke that I, I'm, I'm going to put out there. Okay. I shouldn't have said, I should have just sprung it on you because now you're anticipating something huge. But let me be vulnerable with you for a minute. Like growing up, I never really enjoyed sex. I told you I didn't I did not have I uh, had sex before I got married. So you know it's it's not news to you. Like I didn't really enjoy it. I couldn't put my finger on it. I just thought there was something wrong with me. Didn't matter how much I, I, I learnt about it or how much I practiced it, I just didn't enjoy it. But um turns out I I'm just I wasn't gay. That's <laughs> the delivery's everything, and that delivery was poor disappointed in myself if I uh, if there was one part of this podcast I was gonna edit out it'd be it'd be that part but I'm not going to <laughs> I've gone up to Mount Hotham this weekend I'm, uh, I'm heading away with some mates from church It's wild there's so there's three couples <clears throat> and there's uh, three couples and eight kids I'm only I'm only contributing two kids to that It's gonna be wild up in the mountains it should be fun I've never actually been to Mount Hotham before especially in summer. I'm not sure what you do at Mount Hotham in summer. I've, I've got a feeling um, there's going to be a lot of running, a lot of walking. It's going to be an exercise kind of trip, which is good. is good. gone back down to Melbourne tonight. Went down there last night. Got introduced to um, a small little open mic comedy room. <laughs> and um, the craftsman, I think it's called, on Ligon Street, got introduced. The guy said, because uh, obviously I drive an hour and a half but to be there. He's like, oh, he's... I'm going to get this guy up early because he's got a long way to go in more ways than one. And I was like, wait, <laughs> that's such a brutal introduction. And it got the audience pissing themselves because essentially he called me a shit comedian <laughs> before I got on stage. And um, anyway, I just uh, that, was, that was very funny. I'm going back down there tonight for another – I don't know where I'm going tonight, but it's going to be a shit gig. I can guarantee that much. Last week I went to a gig and uh, I was picking my mum up at the airport at like Supposed to pick her up at eleven forty. Her flight didn't get in till 2 a.m. And so I was sitting there till at this pub until about midnight. How's this? There's a bloke, he just started comedy again after after 30 years out. He's 78 years old. Jack, his name is Ah, sorry, no, it's not, it's John. And I heard a bit about John. I, I heard that John had a really successful career in the sort of 70s and 80s <clears throat> until about 1992. And so I Googled his name. And it was an Age article, which is like a big paper here in Australia, about how John was facing 25 years in jail for cultivating marijuana. <laughs> which is—it's funny that that's still a crime, isn't it? Because the comedy scene is—I um, mean, every certain person smells very strongly of marijuana. So you know, it's a—it's a law which is—it's—it it's, seems to be loose. Like I've seen people smoke marijuana with policemen go past and and just give a wink. I remember when I first got into high school, my mate said an F—the F, F word—and a teacher walked past and goes, "Language." And we we're like, is that all that happens at high school? You can say the F word and they just say language. I feel like marijuana is at that point now where you you smoke marijuana and the policemen come through and go, mm, not supposed to do it, but what else are you going to do? <laughs> anyway, hey, that's about enough from me, I reckon, for today. I'm uh, going to have a coffee with my brother, Jocker, hypothetically. What do you say? Like he's he's not my real brother. We've just organized a once-a-week catch-up because we, we work by ourselves. And uh, a lot of the time you spend you spend time in a room like this, I mean, by yourself talking into a microphone. So it's always nice to have someone talk back. And that's that's the relationship that Jocker and I have. So this will be our third week in a row, a little Mandate mandate Thursdays um, in Leopold, which is not an overly attractive suburb, but it's a midpoint for both of us. Go there, a little coffee, a little chat, high fives, and, um, and we'll see you next week. So I'm going to go get organized for that. Hope you guys have a, a great rest of your week, great weekend, and... Um, I got some cool guests coming up on here, so uh, I mean, keep your eyes peeled. I think this will be the last solo one for a little while because, as fun as they are, it's um it's always nice to have someone talk back, <laughs> even if you guys have been saying anything I haven't heard. So, um yeah. Anyway, much love to you guys, and and see you all here again next week.